Who should be the next head coach of the New York Rangers? Which free agents could and should be back for the New York Rangers next season? And who should be traded? We discuss that and much more on today's very special mailbag edition of Locked On New York Rangers. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 829 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, and Locked On New York Rangers is, of course, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And as I just mentioned a second ago, special mailbag edition. I've been kind of talking about this episode and hyping it up and wanting to get to it. And now today's the day. We're basically just going to take a look at the uh, the uh, YouTube comment section and just kind of see what you guys are buzzing about because obviously the season might be over, but it's obviously a very tumultuous time for the New York Rangers. A lot of tough decisions going to have to be made in this offseason. Obviously, they need a new head coach and uh, a lot of free agents. We're not sure if they're going to be back or what the deal is going to be there. Uh, could there be a surprise trade candidate? Like I said, you know, we're, we've been discussing that all throughout the offseason, ever since it began, really. Uh, but as I mentioned, I want to hear from you guys. So uh, let's go ahead and do that right now. I'm just going to, for those of you watching on YouTube, just going to minimize the screen here. And we can now see some of the comments uh, that you guys have sent on YouTube. And I've highlighted a couple here that I want to get to. This one comes to us from Mr. David Hernandez, 9985. Uh, that's his username. Good afternoon, John. Are there any potential 40, 50 scores down there if they bring them up to the pros? Let's go Rangers. And uh, what David's referring to here, this was a comment on an episode where I recently talked about the Hartford Wolfpack. And obviously, uh, you know, they're going through the playoffs right now. They're down two to nothing and they will be in action Wednesday night trying to keep their season alive. As far as like guys with that kind of an upside, the, the only one that I'm really seeing right now where I could see like, yeah, this guy could turn into just a bonafide, absolute superstar, all-star caliber player. Uh, that would be Brennan Othman. He's actually not really with the Wolfpack right now. Uh, he can end up joining them depending on how the rest of his OHL season goes. Um, so that could happen, and we've got that to look forward to. I mean, the Wolfpack are probably going to have to um, you know, rally out of the situation they're in, down 2-0 in the best of five. But yeah, Brennan Othman, I mean... He's really just kind of a do-it-all left winger type player. I mean, he's a big, tough, physical uh, kid. He can score with the best of them, and he puts up just ridiculous video game-like numbers uh, pretty much everywhere he goes. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think if somebody was going to, uh, you know, have that kind of a breakout at the NHL level for the New York Rangers, I think Brian Othman is probably your guy. Uh, you know, there's other guys that the Rangers have drafted that we're kind of seeing what they bring to the table. You know, Adam Sakura was the Rangers' first pick last year. He was taken in the second round. I don't know that they look at him as somebody with that kind of an upside. Never say never. I mean, look, there, there have been undrafted players that have gone on to have Hall of Fame careers. So uh, the Rangers could have a diamond in the rough in the pipeline right now as we speak, and we're not even aware of it. But as far as, you know, just looking at the list and the prospects that are on their way, yeah, Brian Othman, I think to me, is uh, the guy with that kind of an upside that could be, could be uh, that good of a player. Of course, the Rangers are going to have to buck that trend that they have of not always being the best at developing their forwards, but uh, hopefully they can do that with Bren Othman. Uh, keeping everything moving right along here, we got a comment here from Eddie Edwards, 6381. Uh, this is what he had to say about uh, the coaching search. I did an episode not too long ago where we talked about the Wolfpack as well as Chris Knobloch potentially becoming the next head coach of the New York Rangers. But this is what Eddie had to say uh, in the comment section of that episode. We need a proven winner. Don't know much about him. He's referring to Knobloch. But I think we need Lavi, Peter Laviolette, 
or preferably Mike Sullivan. Messier is a proven winner on the ice, but it could wreck his Rangers legacy. If he could win the cup, he'd definitely be the greatest ever. But if he fails, it will turn the tables. So a lot to unpack here. I think with Messier, first of all, I just want to say, I think the whole like legacy talk and not just, you know, among Ranger fans, not even just among hockey fans, I think in sports, I think the whole legacy talk is done to death. Everybody's talking about like, well, what does it mean for his legacy if he only wins one championship or could it boost his legacy if he does this with this team or does it boost, like who cares? Like, does anybody ever like look back and like, like 10 years after somebody's retired, like Peyton Manning was a great example in the NFL. Everybody's like talking about his legacy. Does anybody look back and think that like, him not being as good at the end of his career, like stained his legacy. I mean, you could pick any number of players in the NHL as well. That was just kind of the number that popped into my head, probably because nobody would stop talking about it when he was approaching the final uh, days of his playing career. But, you know, for Messier, you know, I, I think even if he becomes coach of the Rangers and fails, you know, say he's there for two years and they miss the playoffs. I mean, look, it's going to be an unfortunate chapter in Messier's, uh, you know, tenure with the Rangers and in, in one aspect or another. Um, it won't be looked, back upon fondly, but no, I mean, I, I don't think it'll harm his legacy. You know, he, he's the captain of the team uh, that is responsible for delivering the only championship that they've had now in 83 seasons. And I mean, those two iconic shots, right when the Rangers, when the clock runs out at the end of game seven against the Canucks, and he's jumping up and down and like just kind of flailing his arms in the air. And then the other one where, you know, he goes and gets the Stanley Cup and he's like shaking with like just joy. He's so happy. Um, those were like gifs before gifs actually existed. No, I, I don't think anything Messier does as a coach is really going to do anything uh, to hurt his Ranger legacy, even if it doesn't work out. Um, and the other part of your question here, uh, Mike Sullivan, yeah, I mean, look, if Sullivan was available, I'd certainly be open to it. There is part of me, though, that just will always associate him with the Penguins, and I don't want Mike Sullivan to coach the Rangers. I want the Rangers to find a coach that can lead the Rangers into battle against the Penguins and defeat Mike Sullivan and the Pittsburgh Penguins. I'm very used to him kind of playing the villain, uh, Mike Sullivan, and as I've said in the past, I don't think he's going anywhere. I think he's going to remain uh, the coach of the Penguins. Uh, as for Peter Laviolette, yeah, I mean, right now, I think he might be the favorite. I think we're looking at maybe Laviolette number one, Chris Knobloch maybe number two, as far as the most likely next coach to the Rangers. I mean, we don't know for sure, and maybe there's somebody we're not even thinking of, but uh, Laviolette is certainly an option, and uh, he has won. He's won a Stanley Cup and uh, taken three different teams to the finals, so there is that to consider as well, uh, but great comment there. Keep everything moving right along here. We're going to turn our attention to a... Uh, a comment from Oski Oracle. Hope I'm saying that right. Hey, John, why does it seem like no one's talking about Daryl Sutter? Not that I think he's the perfect candidate, but he seems to check all the boxes. He'll be harder on the players than Gerard Gallant was, has Stanley Cup experience, and since Jury has shown he's willing to pull the trigger quickly when the players stop listening, he could get the team to play hard for the next two seasons, presumably the length of their current window, before Jury has to deal with potentially firing him. I haven't heard anyone seriously consider him. Do you know something the rest of us don't? Uh, no, I definitely don't know anything that you guys don't. I don't have any like real insider connections or anything along those lines. As far as Sutter, though, yeah, I'm, I'm a little surprised that interest around the league in him seems to be a little bit lukewarm. Uh, I don't know, you know, what the other teams coaching vacancies think about him, but there were reports out there that said that the Rangers weren't likely to consider Sutter, and you know that that's their prerogative, that's their decision. There's obviously other candidates to choose from. Um, Sutter, unlike Gallant, he's not exactly known as a uh, player's coach. And we're actually going to discuss Sutter. Uh, the episode is already recorded. That's going to be your Friday episode. Sutter's one of the coaching candidates that we're going to talk about in that episode. Um, to me, in a nutshell, he is the ultimate high-risk, 
high reward uh, coaching hire for this New York Ranger team. He could come in and just kick butt and take names and uh, whip these guys into shape and condition them and uh, have them play, you know, good defensive structured hockey. These are all things that he's known for, known as being a very demanding bench boss. So it's possible he could pull something out of them that they don't even know that they have. It's also possible that they could kind of reject him. I mean, that's kind of what happened in Calgary. You know, with Calgary, he only made the playoffs one out of the three seasons there, got fired after the end of this season, after a disappointing season there. There were reports that, you know, multiple Flames players rescinded their request to be traded after Sutter was fired. So it could go either way. You know, it could go to one extreme the other extreme, or pretty much anything in between. Uh, Sutter would certainly be uh, a roll of the dice, but it's something that I'm at least open to. And then I also want to uh, read the response here from D7487, who was responding to uh, the comment that I just read here. And uh, I think D hits the nail on the head regarding Sutter. With all the names thrown out there, I'm surprised Sutter hasn't really been mentioned. Two cups with LA. He's an X's and O's no-nonsense coach who would definitely hold guys accountable. He does wear out his welcome, though. He's my first choice out of all the recycled head coaches available. Yes, yeah, Sutter, I mean, he he could kind of push, you know, toward the top of my list. I think, like, as far as, like, the recycled coaches, I think I might still lean toward LaViolette a little bit. But Sutter, to me, once again, to roll the dice, very high risk, but also very high reward. Very curious to see if the Rangers, uh, you know, do end up talking to him at some point here. Uh, we're going to keep everything rolling in just a second here. Want to uh, get to a few more of your guys' comments, and, you know, obviously we'll have some fun with that. Uh, first, though, we do have to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers is brought to you by bird dogs. No, that's later. Right now, it's brought to you by eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, Confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay, guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions do apply. All right, we're going to go ahead and keep everything rolling here with our next comment. Like I said, just kind of going through this. It's always fun hearing from you guys and getting some different perspectives on, you know, who the next coach should be, what the Rangers should do as far as, you know, offseason moves, free agency, and all that good stuff, trades, and, and the whole nine yards. Uh, I wanted to read just a couple of rapid-fire questions here. There's a lot of—or rapid-fire comments, rather. There's a lot of quick ones right in a row here. Uh, this one comes to us from— I'm not even going to try to pronounce that, but uh, yeah, he says Andrew Burnett or Mike Sullivan if he becomes available. Again, I don't see Sullivan becoming available. If he does become available, I think certainly the Rangers should do their due diligence. But again, I, I'm so used to seeing him as kind of the enemy, you know, the guy that the Rangers have to beat, the guy that the Rangers have to get around, um, the guy who's always whining just as much as the Penguins players do. So uh, I'm comfortable kind of knowing Sullivan in that role, and uh, that's probably uh how it's going to stay. Because again, I just don't see uh, the Penguins parting ways with him, especially when they know that the Rangers are looking for a new head coach. You really think they're going to fire Sullivan, let him walk right over to the Rangers? I, I just can't see it happening. And, you know, Sullivan is one, two cups there. So I'd imagine he'd probably want to stick around. You know, he's still got his core in place. Uh, they have a new general manager on the way. So if they make a couple better moves, you know, they could find some complimentary players, uh, which is something that they certainly lacked this year. We got a comment from Simon Luke, 2096. 
Uh, he says, Andrew Burnett, Buddy, and no one else. Yeah, Burnett's somebody else that we're going to be talking about, along with Sutter. They're the two coaches that we're going to discuss in Friday's episode. Uh, the episode's already recorded, and uh, definitely an intriguing candidate. Did a great job with the Panthers, uh, taking over for Quenville just a handful of games into the season last year. Uh, was a Jack Norris finalist, and then was an assistant coach with the Devils, and obviously they had a heck of a turnaround uh, this past season. We've also got from Steven Grieco, 52-69. Messier is an obvious option. Knobloch has been good filling in. Yeah, Messier, I mean, again, that that's another big-time roll of the dice if you want to go down that road. As for Knobloch, yeah, I think he's referring to when Knobloch was the interim or the replacement head coach when David Quinn and company were out with COVID. Uh, the Rangers did win four out of six games while Knobloch was the acting head coach. Very small sample size, obviously, but uh, take that for what it's worth. And then another uh, interesting question here uh, that comes to us from K. Domster, 9141. Could Knobloch coach with Mark Messier as one of the assistants? I've seen a couple comments like this, you know, both on, uh, you know, the YouTube comment section for my videos, as well as, you know, on, on social media in general. I don't see that happening. I feel like with Mark Messier, it's all or nothing. He's either your head coach or he's not really going to be involved. It's one of those things where, you know, he, he's got a big personality and I feel like he would kind of overshadow a head coach, especially a first time head coach like Chris Knobloch. You know, if it was one of the other veteran head coaches, like, Maybe with Peter Laviolette, it might make a little bit more sense. He, he would be open to the idea of maybe making Mark Messier one of his assistant coaches. Even that, I think, might be a little bit of a long shot. But, I mean, you guys know how this goes. If Chris Knobloch becomes the head coach and Mark Messier is one of the assistants, uh, you know, they go through one rough patch and everybody's going to be calling for Chris Knobloch's job and Messier needs to be the head coach and, you know, the whole nine yards. So I, I feel like with Messier, uh, more so than with Knobloch, um, you know, I, I feel like with Messier, it's pretty much all or nothing. The other way around might be actually a little bit more possible now that I'm thinking about this. If Messier became the head coach, maybe Knobloch would be the assistant coach. Although, you know, knowing Messier, he probably would want to call up all his old buddies and his his friends that he played with and make them his assistants. I don't know. You know, there's a lot of different ways that this could shake out. But I don't see Messier, again, like being an assistant coach for this team, uh, especially the Rangers, probably any team, though. I feel like with him, it's either the Mark Messier show or uh, he's just not going to be involved at all. Uh, keeping everything moving along here, we go to... Mike Panic, 9362. Biggest positive for Messier, getting away from sitting next to PK Slubon and listening to his asinine comments. Rescue mess. Yeah, he's referring to, of course, you know, the, the intermission reports that Messier is forced to do with PK Subban. And uh yeah, I mean it, it probably doesn't help that none of us as Ranger fans really like Subban when he was a uh a player for pretty obvious reasons, a couple of dirty plays late in his career there while he was a member of the Devils. Uh, now that he's in the ESPN booth, um, I'll just say he's not exactly one of my favorites, and I'll just leave it at that. And uh, judging from their interactions, I don't think he's one of Mark Messier's favorites either. But like I said, we'll just leave it at that. We've, we've got more Ranger talk to uh, get into here. Uh, okay, this one comes to us from Big Red 1027. If Messier coaches the Rangers to a cup and gets that temple, what does Drury get? A large pizza? Uh, yeah, so he's referring to, I was talking about, obviously, Laviolette and Messier potentially becoming uh, coaches of the Rangers. And with Messier, I said, if he leads them to a Stanley Cup as the captain and then does the same thing as the coach, uh, they will build him a temple somewhere in New York City there. And as for Jury, yeah, I mean, I think we can all chip in and buy Chris Jury a pizza. I think that's probably the least we can do if uh, he oversees the second championship in 80-whatever years it'll be at that point. Uh, we got a, another comment here from Vincent Cervone or Cervoni. Uh, let me ask you a question. Not that I expect your answer. I'm going to answer. Don't you worry, Vincent. We're going to we're going to answer that here. Uh, which coaching candidate 
would do and say what the team needs to win a cup, not playing politics and fear of reprisal. So if I'm understanding your question correctly here, I think what you're kind of asking is who's going to come in there and just kind of do things his own way and, um, you know, not worry about, you know, being politically correct and not worrying about appeasing people like Chris Jury or James Dolan, uh, whoever it might be. Uh, I think if you're looking for somebody like that, uh, Sutter might be your guy. I mean, he, to me, strikes me as somebody that's going to do things his way and uh, he's not going to have any ifs, ands, or buts about it. Things are going to go uh, according to his plan. Uh, I could see Messier maybe kind of being like that a little bit as well. Um, those are the two that kind of spring to mind, whereas you know some of the other coaches that we've talked about, I, I feel like they might kind of fall in line a little bit more. You know, if like Andrew Burnett was to be the head coach, I, I would think he would want to play nice in the sandbox because obviously he doesn't have a lot of uh, a lot of experience as an NHL head coach. And, uh, you know, nobody really knew, even knew who he was before, you know, a couple of games into last season uh, when he took over for Quenville in Florida there. So if, as far as guys that come in and just do things their way and aren't going to have any two ways about it, yeah, the two that kind of stand out to me off the top of my head uh, would be Messier and it would also be uh, Sutter. I, I think those are the two. Keep everything rolling right along here. We've got a comment from Bobby Ganoush929. Okay, so this is the episode where I, you know, very casually just kind of invited everybody to throw out their suggestions as far as what kind of adjustments the Rangers should have made. And I figured I'd get a couple of answers in the uh, the comment section. I figured there'd be a couple of good answers. And I think Bobby came up with a pretty good one here as well. Because, you know, again, to kind of just set the stage for this whole thing, the point that I made in a recent episode was everybody on social media saying, Gallant doesn't adjust. He needs to adjust. Where are the adjustments? And very few people would actually um, volunteer an idea. And I, I tossed out a couple ideas, but I think Bobby was onto some good ideas here as well. I'm going to read part of his comment. Uh, Change the four check to just one guy skating around in the devil's zone. Stop giving the devils the blue line. Do more of a trap game. Get the top lines to work the cycle game and just rip pucks from the point low to high. Those are some stuff. Uh, where you can adjust in the game. And so, yeah, I, I think for sure, um, you know, not conceding the blue line is something that the Rangers did very, very well early in the series. And I'm not sure if that was Gerard Gallant, you know, emphasizing that to his players or if the players just kind of took it upon themselves. Uh, but that is something that they got away from. Obviously, the Devils have great speed. You have to give them some credit. They were able to gain the zone more effectively as the series went on. But yeah, I would have liked to have seen a little bit more resistance uh, from the Rangers at the blue line. Uh, that is for sure. As far as, you know, the top lines working a little bit of a cycle game. Yeah, I mean, I think that could have helped. The problem is that there aren't really too many guys in the Ranger top six that that's really their game. You know, you don't really think of Panarin that way or you know, Kreider could play that way, but he just really doesn't usually from time to time. Uh, Mika, not really. Kane, not really. Trocek, maybe a little bit. Um, but yeah, I, I don't really see, you know, those top two lines as, you know, cycle the puck type lines. Um, I, I suppose it is something that they could have eventually tried, uh, but they just didn't really seem to go to that well. And then what else was there here? Um, yeah, so rip pucks from the point, low to high. Um, yeah, I, I'm all for, you know, eventually just, you know, putting the puck at the net. I think there's times where the Rangers suffer from passitis, both in the regular season and in the playoffs. And there's times where they were looking for that perfect play, that extra pass. And you're going up against an unproven goalie who obviously didn't fare very well in the next round against the Canes. And as I mentioned during that series between the Rangers and the Devils, I just don't think they tested him enough. And I'm all for the Rangers uh, putting more pucks at the net. I wish they would have made that adjustment as well. But those are good ideas. And um, yeah, we're going to go ahead and keep everything rolling in just a second here. 
Going to continue diving into the mailbag here, the YouTube comment section, and see what you guys uh, sent in. But first, we do have to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Everybody looks better and feels better when wearing Bird Dogs. In fact, I just got mine sent to me yesterday, and I'm wearing a pair right now. The people at Bird Dogs were nice enough to send us hosts a couple of uh, samples here, and obviously I'm already enjoying it. I might have to order a couple more uh, some point later today here, but their stretchy fabric makes everybody's legs look great, and they're comfier than pretty much any other shorts or pants that you can possibly imagine. They give me the freedom to wear one pair of shorts and pants on the Frisbee golf course to a meeting, uh, going out with my wife, or just hanging out with my friends. Bert Kreshner wakes up late at his lake house wearing bird dogs, goes for a swim, grills burgers, and chills with his family, all in the shorts he associates with the summer. And that would, of course, be bird dogs. College football nerds say they are the perfect pants for dads that have a little extra gut. Bird dogs make them look great and feel comfortable. Part of my take host PFT famously never wears pants, and the only shorts he truly loves are bird dogs. So, Go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnNHL, and when you enter promo code LockedOnNHL, they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every order. Once again, go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnNHL and enter promo code LockedOnNHL. All right, let's go ahead and keep everything rolling here. I uh, want to, um, you know, continue going through your guys' comments here and all the hot-button, you know, topics that the Rangers are facing this offseason. This one comes to us, a uh, question or comment, rather, from what up doggy 44 I mean, do I, do I even want to know? But, uh, yeah, what up doggy 44 says, this team is already a train wreck and is considered what might have been. And actually, let me just pause for a second here, this comment. So I was talking in this episode about how the Rangers really need to find a way to make sure they get the right head coach on their next hiring, because I do think that this window is still open, the team is still young enough that they can still win a championship, but if they get it wrong as far as the next head coach is concerned, and it's a complete disaster, and everything just goes south next year, I'm not sure that they'll be able to recover from that, and we might be uh, referring to this down the road somewhere as the what could have been era of New York Ranger hockey, and I really hope that's not the case. The Rangers absolutely must get it right when it comes to the next head coach of this team, but getting back to what up, doggies? comments here. Once again, let's just start from the top here. I I barely started it. This team is already a train wreck and is considered what might have been. It's time to throw in the towel and trade everyone. Four picks. Let's start over. We've already embarrassed ourselves enough. Let's hit the restart button. I probably won't care again until that happens, to be honest. The team is full of cowards and we are stuck with them. Okay, so what up, doggy? is clearly not pulling any punches here. Uh, again, I, I don't think the window is closed by any stretch of the imagination. I did a really brief uh, roster breakdown on a fairly recent episode of Locked On New York Rangers, and when you look at the players that are under contract coming into this next season, the oldest player on the team is Chris Kreider, and he's only 32 years old. There are only four total players who are 30 or older, and off the top of my head, I'm pretty sure it's Panarin, Zibanejad, and Goodrow, along with Kreider. Those are the four. So it's still a young team. Uh, I don't think there's any reason to start just panicking and trading and trying to rebuild. We just got out of the rebuild. I mean, last year, the team was in the Eastern Conference Final, and the belief was that they were at least a year early, you know, making that kind of a deep playoff run. So to blow everything up just like this, you know, on a whim, just because they had a bad series against the Devils, sorry, I just can't get on board with that idea. And the other obstacle that you're going to have here, even if you want to do this, is 
the no trade clauses. Pretty much every prominent player on the Rangers has a no move clause. Uh, Panarin does, Mika does, Kreider does, Truba does. Some of them in future seasons will become limited no move clauses or the no move clause will go away entirely. Um, so maybe at that point, that's a road you look to go down. Really the only like big time players on the Rangers who don't have no move clauses, you know, as far as like the elite players that this team has are Adam Fox and Igor Shesterkin. I don't think people are going to be lining up around the block to trade either one of those two players. I realize some people are mad at Fox. Wasn't at his best late in that playoff series against the Devils and had a really rough game seven. Uh, one play in particular that really hurt the Rangers. But uh, no, I, I can't see them trading uh, one of those players. So to me, look, I mean, the core's in place. These are your guys. You have to try to build around them with whatever uh, amount of money you have remaining and just do the best you can. Put the best team on the ice that you possibly can and uh, run it back. Because again, unless you can convince one of these guys, you know, Panarin or somebody to waive a no move clause, these are the guys that are going to be here. And um you know, there, there might be some Ranger fans that aren't happy about that, but uh, I think this core deserves at least one more run at it because, again, it is still a relatively young team, even though it feels like some of these guys uh, have been here for a while, still a uh, fairly young team for the New York Rangers. Uh, keep everything moving along here. We'll go to Michael Giovanni, 2600. Uh, this is what he had to say on Twitter. How about the players taking some responsibility for a change? I love bread, but zero goals. Not just him. All the big stars except Kreid's failed. The guy wins. He's talking about Galan here. The guy wins wherever he has been. He should have been given another shot. Anyway, I hope it's Sullivan. He is the best out there, no question. But who would be stupid enough to take this job? I wouldn't want it, would you? Um, yeah, well, I, I would be dangerously underqualified to uh, be the head coach of the New York Rangers. That's first and foremost. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, as far as like actual legitimate real coaching options to uh, take over the Rangers, um, you know, I think I would want it because there's enough talented players. It's a young enough team, and it's a team that, you know, has a deep run under its belt. It's a team that is trying to get over the hump. And if, if they had won game seven against the Devils, which they did not come anywhere near doing, I mean, it's possible at least that we're having a different conversation right now. Who knows what happens against the Canes? Uh, the Canes obviously handle the Devils pretty easily. Maybe they do the same thing to the Rangers. But, you know, you got to remember, too, that Success and Stanley Cup glory, it's not always as far away. It's not always as much of a pipe dream as it might seem. You can look at other teams from around the league. Uh, the Lightning, when they got swept by the Jackets in just humiliating fashion, however many years ago that was, five or six years ago, whatever it was, um, you know, people were saying, blow it up. It's never going to happen. And then they end up winning the next two Stanley Cups. Uh, the Washington Capitals, this must have been a conversation for like five years. They got to alter the core. They got to trade this guy and trade that guy. And then with largely the same group of players, I mean, obviously there's always tinkering and some adjustments going on, but with a lot of the same group of players, they finally break through. They win the Stanley Cup. You're having a similar conversation right now about the Toronto Maple Leafs, another playoff disappointment for them. They at least won a series, but they got knocked out in the second round in just five games. And you know, there's talk about them maybe blowing things up and maybe they could, maybe they will, maybe they should. I don't know for sure, but uh, it's also possible the Leafs come back and win the Stanley Cup next season. And it's possible the Rangers do the same thing. I, I don't think it's as far away and as, as much as an impossibility as some of us, and I include myself in this, as some of us make it sound like it is. I, I think it's still within striking distance with this core group of players. Again, you have to get the right coach and you have to make a couple of savvy moves this offseason. There's some tough decisions to be made, but yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, this group, it, it can at least possibly happen uh, with the group that they have right now. Um, and as far as, you know, Sullivan being the coach, again, I, I just don't see it happening. I don't think the Penguins are going to let him get away. I uh, will keep everything rolling right along here. This one comes to us from the Nature Boy one eight three seven, talking about Gallant here. Big mistake. Unless Drury is going to bring in someone to develop the kids, the team most likely will take a step backwards. 
Yeah, I think uh, you know, whoever the next coach is, that's going to be pretty high on their their priority list is they're going to have to get the kids to the next level. We've seen flashes, but you know what? We're getting to the point where I think a lot of us are getting tired of just seeing flashes. We need to see consistently strong play from Kako, from Lafreniere, from Filipito, from the young players, even guys that we've barely seen or haven't seen at all, Will Cooley and Brian Hoffman. you got to get those guys ready to go and ready to rock because you don't want them to you know not reach the peak of their abilities until you're getting to the point where, you know, Kreider's starting to get old and Mika's starting to get old and Panarin's starting to get old. Um, you, you need this thing to line up at a certain point here. So while Mika and Kreider and Panarin are all in their prime or at least very, very, very close to their prime, let's get these kids going. And I think uh, whoever comes in as the next coach, that's going to be, like I said, pretty high on the uh, the list of priorities there. We've got a comment here from Mario Vaccarella, 6854. It's not that I don't like Jacob Truba. I like him. I only want to know when are we going to see the Jacob Truba with all of that offense when he'd been a Winnipeg Jets player. Let me know what you think. Yeah, you're probably not going to get that at all because, I mean, the biggest reason is Jacob Truba, when he was with Winnipeg, at least his last season there when he's piling up all the assists, I think he had like 50 assists or it might have been 50 points and like 42 assists, something along those lines, but he was racking up assists for sure. He was quarterbacking their top power play unit and he's just not going to do that on a team that has... Adam Fox. I mean, I guess if you ever wanted to shake things up, you could try doing uh, the top power play unit with two defensemen out there with Fox and Truba. But then, I mean, are you going to take Panarin off the top unit or, or Mika or Kreider? I mean, I guess you could go with those three, the three players I just mentioned, and then Fox and Truba, and you could drop, say, like Trocek down to the second unit. I mean, I guess that's at least an option. Um, I don't know if they'll do that. It's going to depend on who the next head coach is. But yeah, as far as Truba putting up that kind of offense, I don't think we'll ever see it again. Um, at least not with the Rangers constructed the way they currently are. Uh, but I wouldn't mind seeing a little bit more of an uptick in offense from Jacob Truba. He's got that booming slap shot, and I wish he'd take advantage of it uh, a little bit more often than he does. All right, so this is just a pretty funny comment that came to us from Bruce Leroy here. Uh, so I did an episode where I, it was the episode where I talked about Gallant and Drury clashing in the locker room after game four. And uh, the pictures that I had to choose from for Drury were surprisingly small. So I went with one when he was, uh, you know, with Chris Knobloch filling in as the coach. He's on the bench there. And uh, for those on YouTube, you can see the picture right now. Drury, you know, it's, it's back when everybody, all the coaches had to wear a mask. And he's got two players in front of him. And one of them is Brett Howden. So Bruce Leroy just says, sees Brett Howden in the thumbnail, triggered. And uh, yeah, obviously it just did not work out with Brett Howden uh, as a member of the New York Rangers, but Brett Howden might win a Stanley Cup this season. <laughs> it's entirely possible. He is a member of the Vegas Golden Knights, and uh, they will be starting the Western Conference Final soon. I don't, I don't have the schedule in front of me, but it's got to be within the next couple of days here. All right, let's go ahead and uh, we'll turn our attention here to KKGF 691X. I, I don't know, but uh, he, he says... Damn, John, I hope you stay making videos during the offseason. I need my Rangers fix. I'm hurting till next puck drops on opening night. Um, yeah, uh, fear not, man. We're, we're going to keep rolling right along here on, on Locked On New York Rangers. Anybody who might be new, uh, this is what we do, man. Five days a week, every week. There is a very small window in the offseason when we get into kind of the quieter parts of the offseason where uh, Locked On will knock it down from five episodes a week to three episodes a week. And, uh, you know, I'll... I'll follow that schedule accordingly. Um, but yeah, man, there, there's always something to talk about, especially when uh, you're dealing with New York Ranger hockey. That is for sure. That's one thing we've certainly learned uh, over the years being fans of this team. And then we get a response here from Daniel Montez, 7893. 
You know what's my fix? Watching Game 7 Eastern Conference Finals 94. Matteau, Matteau, a blast from the past. Yeah, you can always uh, dust off the uh, the highlights from the 94 run or you know, even the 2014 run. I know they didn't get the championship, but that was a heck of a run in and of itself there. Um, but yeah, I mean, you can't really go wrong. If you really want to, if you're feeling nostalgic and uh, you want to watch just a glorious moment in New York Ranger history, can't recommend Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals in 1994. Enough for you guys. I think probably everybody hearing this knows what happens and understands the Matteau Matteau reference, but... Um, you know, if there's younger fans out there, if you've never watched Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals in 1994 between the Rangers and Devils, uh, do yourself a favor, make some time to do that. It's obviously going to be a pretty long game, so you have to set aside some time or you can watch in a couple different sittings. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, the ending is what everybody remembers, but that was just a phenomenal hockey game. And as I'm sitting here saying this, I'm realizing that I might have to dust off that game too, and I might have to check it out at some point this offseason. Uh, let's see what else we got here. We've got David Wood, 1100, uh, has a comment here for us. As far as the cap, pre-COVID, the cap was going up and was expected to go up even more with new TV deals. The money that was due is almost all paid back. So after this year, the cap will start going up by more than a million a year. I think if you offer him five years, $5 million, Vladimir Tarasenko will stay. So yeah, I'm not an expert as far as you know everything that can affect the salary cap going up. I got, admittedly, I got to do a little bit more research there. My understanding though is that having not big market teams in the finals here, you know, having Carolina and Florida in the Eastern Conference final instead of teams like Boston or Toronto or even the Rangers uh, is not necessarily good news as far as the salary cap potentially rising. There's obviously a lot of factors there, but. You know, for the Rangers, that salary cap, excuse me, can't go high enough because even if the cap rises, uh, they've still got some difficult decisions to make. As far as Tarasenko at five years and five million, I don't think that gets it done, David. I'm sorry. I I hate to, to like rain on your parade and everything. Maybe it does. I mean, you never know for sure. Um, but, you know, Tarasenko, he's 31 years old. He's coming off a contract that paid him somewhere in the vicinity of like $8 million a year. I don't think he's going to have to take a $3 million a year pay cut. And... You know, I, I just don't know that the Rangers are going to be able to outbid all 31 of the other teams. And not all 31 are going to go after Tarasenko, but uh, you can believe a good amount of them will. And, um, you know, Tarasenko has every right to take every deal he wants. And I know some people say like, oh, well, maybe he'll give the Rangers a discount. Why? Like, I mean, maybe he will. Again, crazier things have happened. But Vladimir Tarasenko, there's no need for him to be like fiercely loyal to the New York Rangers. I mean, they traded for him. He seemed to enjoy his time here. He seemed to like playing with Panarin. Uh, you know, I thought he had a pretty good run, and I'd love to have him back. I just don't see how it's financially responsible. But there's really no reason for Tarasenko to be, like, fiercely loyal to the New York Rangers. None that I can think of anyway. So uh, we'll see how it goes. But, yeah, I think the odds are very much against uh, Tarasenko uh, staying with the New York Rangers. We also have a comment here from Doug Bell. 9543, undoubtedly Tarasenko and Kane will be leaving New York and going to the highest bidder. Yeah, that's entirely possible. That's what most players do. I mean, look, there's different priorities for different players who are at different stages of their career. You know, by the time you're getting into like your mid-30s, if you still haven't won a Stanley Cup, but you've made a lot of money, maybe at that point you do take a little bit less to, uh, you know, stick with a, a team that you think uh, gives you a good chance to win a Stanley Cup. Um, you know, with Kane, I mean, he's kind of getting into that. He's going to be 35 next year, but he's already won his three Stanley Cups. Would he stay? I mean, I think Kane is probably more likely to stay than, than Tarasenko because I could see Kane maybe doing what Taylor Hall did a couple of years ago and signing a short-term one-year deal for a high average annual value. Even that might be tough for the Rangers to fit him in. But if it's only one year, the Rangers might find a way to make that work. 
uh, we would have to see there. The reason I could see Kane doing that is, you know, he's got the hip issue, and I think he might want to come back on a one-year kind of a prove-it deal here with the Rangers. If he goes out and has a good season, then he sets himself up for a payday uh, the following offseason. Um, but I don't know. You know, players rarely do that. You know, Taylor Hall, as I mentioned, he did that a few years ago with the Buffalo Sabres, traded to the Bruins, ends up signing with the Bruins long-term. And, you know, he... he he was on a deal for like one year and like $8 million with the Sabres. I think that his thought process was that there were fewer good free agents the following year. So I'll cash in big for one year and then uh, you know sign on for, with a big money deal with somebody else the next year. I can only imagine that's probably what Hall was thinking about that situation. But it's a little different. I mean, Hall was young and uh, Patrick Kane's 35 next season. So if he signs a one-year deal with the Rangers and doesn't do so well— I mean, now what's his future looking like as far as a long-term deal? So I don't know. We'll see. I, I think Kane has probably a better chance to be back than Tarasenko. I personally would rather have Tarasenko back. But when you look at what it would cost in terms of dollars and years, uh, I think Kane, probably the one that's a little bit more likely uh, to be back with the Rangers as opposed to Vladimir Tarasenko. And uh, we've got my uh, YouTube acting up here. I had just one more question that I wanted to get to. We'll see. Yeah, I guess this just isn't going to load for us. So I, I figure we could pretty much call it there. We've kind of uh, gone over time here anyway. Uh, but I do want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And for the everydayers, definitely stick around. Um, we've got Wednesday night, Game 3, Hartford Wolfpack taking on the Hershey Bears, trying to keep their season alive. And we're gonna I'm going to watch that game tonight. You guys are welcome to watch along with me, AHL TV. I believe it's only $30 at this point. The Wolfpack facing elimination. We're going to come back and talk about whatever happens in that game, as well as you know who made a favorable impression uh, among the Ranger prospects that are currently playing on the Hartford Wolfpack. But that will do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to lockedonnyrangers at gmail.com. Once again, it's lockedonnyrangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, it's at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And definitely subscribe to Lockdown New York Rangers YouTube channel. Thanks again, guys. I will see you next time.